Hey guys, we're back with Literature Lullabies with Celeste and the dogs. Pokey and Scooz are here, however, they're in Christmas sweaters. Not really Christmas, but they got them at Christmas. They say adorbs on them because they are, in fact, adorable. Pokey doesn't really like hers, but we're not going to talk about that. It's a new year. We are going to analyze a new essay called Bartleby. We'll also spend a brief moment talking about self-reliance. I think that these essays share some ideas in common, and I thought it'd be fun to analyze them because I also think that Bartleby is an interesting essay, and I hope that we have a good time on this new podcast. The first essay we're going to be talking about is Bartleby. Um... So far, the title still strikes me as kind of funny. When I first heard it, I thought it was going to be about a beetle. I don't know why. I just get these feelings that Bartleby has something to do with a beetle. However, it doesn't. Um, Despite this, I think that a little background on the author will always help analyze the text and maybe understand it better. The essay Bartleby was written by Herman Melville. I think it's important to understand that Herman Melville came from a very poor family and this is all he knew his entire childhood that his family was poor and they didn't have a lot of money and he was always working. He was expected to maintain a job and provide for his family because his father died when he was young and I think that this kind of made him feel he had to be the the man of the house and provide and help his mother ease up on his mother maybe take some weight off her shoulders. I think that this is going to tie into a lot of the reasoning behind Bartleby and the essay itself. Um, It's almost like Melville associates with the character on some level, but we'll get more into that when we start to summarize and talk about some of the deeper meanings. Um, To me, I feel like Bartleby may be an extension of Melville in a way that he can present without being so translucent to everybody. I think that it's, I think that Bartleby has been his, um, kind of a safe haven. Um, however, although interesting, very sad at the same time, we'll talk more about it as we analyze the meanings behind Bartleby. And next we will dive into the summary. So we're going to try and keep this summary of Bartleby short and sweet because I think that Bartleby provokes anxiety in the reader. I really think it does. At least it does for me. So we're going to start with the fact that Bartleby basically gets hired in a law office by a man, a lawyer, who seems to be not necessarily super successful, but not not slumming it, I guess. Um, he's hired on as a Scrivener. This author has already three other Scriveners. Scriveners are basically people that just write and, um, they write and they fact check and they make sure that everything's okay. There's a guy named Turkey, a guy named Ginger, and another called nippers and they're all the author spends lots of time describing these characters it's like the first two pages 
and they're very distinct. Um, Nippers and Turkey take turns um, being nervous and anxious and drunk, and they bring a lot of qual- a lot of life to the office. However, when Bartleby is hired by the lawyer, um, the lawyer absolutely falls in love with him and his work ethic. I mean, he goes crazy, goes hard for like the first couple days and is writing all this stuff and fact checking and doing all these things that make him an amazing employee to the to the lawyer. However, it's, it kind of changes like overnight. He starts to refuse to do his own work and then he starts to stop writing he he's just like sitting in his little makeshift office space not doing anything the lawyer starts to slowly get frustrated however he goes through lots he goes up and down through through many many stages he tries to get Bartleby out of the office tries to fire him but in a nice way because he recalls a time that another man got fired and got murdered so he tries to basically tell himself okay give the guy a chance you know be nice he tells him he confronts him about what's going on and he tells Bartleby to do his work and Bartleby initiates a key catchphrase um I prefer not to and this is something you hear throughout the entire essay whenever the author asks Bartleby to do anything he just says I would prefer not to I would prefer not to. Not, I don't have to, I don't want to, I would prefer not to. Which makes me almost wonder if the author would have pushed him a little harder. Would he have done it? I don't know. But the transitioning of the author and his emotions, or not the author, but you know, the narrator, the lawyer, he goes through stages of thinking, okay, maybe I should just give it a couple days. He makes an excuse about maybe his eyes are having trouble reading because he's in a dark office and then he starts to be like okay it's been a couple days now he's still not writing maybe i should consider letting him go and then he tries to get bartleby out of the office and on multiple occasions bartleby will not will not go he even starts to threaten jail and he gives him multiple chances to get out of his office and instead of putting his foot down and doing something about it the lawyer picks up his employees his other employees all his work and finds a new office building and come to find out a couple pages later bartleby is not in the office anymore because he can't be it's locked but he's refusing to leave the stairs of the office and the last and only contact any of the police or people can find relating to Bartleby was his old boss, the lawyer. And the lawyer is expected to remove him from the premises. And all Bartleby says is, I would prefer not to. And I think at this point in the story, the author starts to feel a little remorse for Bartleby. And I think he starts to try and maybe sympathize with Bartleby about whatever's going on in his head um he tries to be nice and take him off the steps of the premises but it doesn't work and he leaves in a fluster and Bartleby ends up making it to jail and jail is where Bartleby ends up dying he says he doesn't want to eat he doesn't want to do anything he just isolates himself from all other prisoners and he ends up dying there and the author does visit and he tries or, sorry, not the author, the narrator does visit and he realizes that he died there 
all because whenever he was offered food and things to barely survive, he kept, I would prefer not to. And that's where the story kind of ends. Alright, so after a quick summary, I think that we need to analyze some of the things behind Bartleby, especially the phrase, I prefer not to, and how Bartleby slowly stops working. Um, I personally think, even though I've read other interpretations and listened to other classmates' interpretations, um, I think that this essay it kind of shows how work slowly destroys the human spirit and the soul. Um, I think it shows that conformity and regular expected everyday tasks end up breaking the human, the human ego, the human spirit, everything that is known to make a person a person. Like, even if you look past Bartleby and how he slowly just kind of cuts himself off from everything, you can look at other characters, like Turkey and Nippers, who throw themselves into their work so much that they become an alcoholic, and one of them throws himself into his work so much that it literally drives him crazy every day by noon. Like, it... It just, to me, shows that work and the working environment is very toxic to a human being. Um, I think that some of the main things that Melville was trying to explain was that conformity was bad, that overwork is destruction to the human, bo- to the human body, and in more detail, Bartleby. I think that working and working his butt off really got to him in those last those next couple days of his life, he really just felt burnout or some some sort of internal, internal dispute with himself and didn't know what to do. It was also very interesting that no lives were portrayed outside of the office. There was no mention of wives or girlfriend or um, plans outside of the office. It was just the office. Even the lawyer never talked about anything but his job. And at this point in time in history, a job was the most important thing you can have. It defined you. It still defines you. Um, However, overall, I think that Melville tried to demonstrate that society and overwork will lead to ultimate death or at least destruction of your soul. And I think that this is very similar to him as a person. If you look back at his family history, he worked a lot and he was constantly having to provide for his family. And I think that this overwork and the need to feel like he has responsibilities that not only include himself but others as well, I think it almost destroyed his spirit. And I think that writing this essay was a way of trying to live within Bartleby and I think it was his way that I would prefer not to. I think that Melville would prefer not to have to work all these jobs and he would prefer not to have to provide for all these people and provide for his siblings when he was young himself. However, he had to do it. He had to keep going. And I think that Bartleby almost expresses the part of Melville that wishes it didn't have to keep going, as sad as that sounds. However, we'll talk about how this can also lead to self-reliance and independence in a happier in a happier light
obviously our class read another essay titled um, Self-Reliance, and this was written by um, Ralph Waldo Emerson. Um, I don't want to go into too much about what the essay was about, but it it was literally about self-reliance and how living for yourself and for your best self and kind of a way tucked away from society was the best way of life, even though maybe it wouldn't have provided the best house or the best food or even the greatest tangible items. I think that spiritually and mentally and maybe even physically, um, Emerson thought that self-reliance and seclusion was better than having expectations and living a life full of societal normalities. However, there was many similarities I found between Emerson's essay about self-reliance and Bartleby. Like, they both hated conformity. The They both tried to illuminate the negative effects of living a normal life. I mean, Bartleby literally dies because... He just stops working, and he can't motivate himself to do anything else. It's like he loses everything that he thought he was. And in Self-Reliance, Emerson goes on and on about how society is basically overhyped, and it's not something that people need to survive, that we're makeshift enough to come up with our own, our own set of rules on life. I think it also, both essays kind of foreshadow that your destruction of life comes because of society and societal norms like jobs and overwork and providing for families and having to maintain either a female or male status probably more male but containing a status is what is what will be your downfall I also think that a theme that was highlighted in both was that living for yourself is better than living for your work or other people. Again, in Bartleby, he he overworks himself to the point that it it like becomes clear to even the reader, like, okay, Bartleby, slow down. If you would prefer not to, just quit. No one's making you work. But this is just something that continues to happen and Every day, I think. And I think that that's really sad, but I think that both essays try and demonstrate that society overall is not is not a sweetheart to most of us. However, I think that this is a cold truth that most people need to learn to face. We will go and we will now review Bartleby overall. As you know, I always like to review essays, so I think it'll be fun to review Bartleby. Um, I think overall that the first read of this story can be very difficult to understand. I think you have to put yourself in a mindset to think bigger than what's on the paper. Because when I was reading to read, um, all I was thinking that this dude was crazy and he was lazy and Bartleby was just giving up. But I think... As you start to dig a little deeper and start to maybe comprehend what's happening, I think that it becomes kind of a warning. I think that this essay is almost has a a warning type feel to it, like caution. I think it's very sad, but it's true. I think that overwork and conformity is the destruction 
of singularity or your soul. I think your character is being morphed into replicas of corporations. I think that more often than not, we, especially as young teenagers nowadays, I think that we're expected and we think that we have to work all the time. I think that money is becoming an object that we don't only fantasize about, but we think that we have to have more of to even be accepted on a social scale. And I think that's almost ridiculous. I think that too many people work too hard and for entry-level jobs that they should be. I think that too many people overwork themselves every day because others don't do other people that make more money to do the same job don't either do the same type of effort or corporations expect too much of us as a whole. I think that the destruction of the human soul is also occurring more often in people that have to work because they have to work. There are some people that, I mean, everyone has to work to work, but there are some people that go to work and they enjoy their jobs and they work a nine to five job and they go home and see their family. And then there's other people, especially typically middle-class families that work individually two jobs a person just to make it paycheck to paycheck. And I feel like this type of destruction only happens to families who aren't rich, which like Melville was very poor. I think that middle-class families and people who don't live lavishly work ourselves too hard for little payoff. And I think that's something both Emerson and um, Melville wanted to demonstrate that this overwork and overburdening isn't going to make you a better person. It's just going to bring you closer to the end of your life because I think you get so tired and so fed up of trying to fit everyone's standards that it's not worth it. However, on a happier note, I thought that this essay was one of the best I've read while I've been in American literature, and I would recommend it if it was a little bit easier to understand. I think that it could have been too difficult for some people to wrap their minds around. And the concept is also very, very strange. You have to be a particular type of person and very open-minded to understand that the less unfortunate face harder realities than people who are more fortunate do. However, Melville, I think you did a good job. And I liked your essay. <laughs>